We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Pack a Day podcast. It is Saturday. It is Labor Day weekend. Hopefully, everybody's getting ready for a nice long weekend. Your Saturday crew is here. We are all together. I don't want to say that every week as if we're not. We, there was a stretch where we weren't, but we are. We are all together. We are all together. I am Jason Perrone of the Packaday Podcast, Game on Wisconsin, the Quick Science Podcast, along with Mark Eckel of Packer Report and Paul Brettel of Dairyland Express Cheesehead TV and the Packers Unrestricted Podcast. Gentlemen, it is the holiday weekend. It's, uh, I guess it's kind of like the unofficial closing down of summer. I remember when this was kind of like the depressing weekend as a kid because you you started school the day after Labor Day. But now it seems like the schools are starting way sooner than that. So the kids are definitely past their blues at this point. At least they are here in the Phoenix area where I live. But as we always do, it's the weather report. And Paul, I don't know, are you going further east than the east eastern coast of the United States? Yes, I am. So I got a, a reply on Twitter this week from Packers underscore Sweden. He's from Sweden, everybody. And uh, he said, it sounds beautiful there. It is between 60, 68 degrees over the weekend and as of late and sunny. So beautiful over in Sweden. And it is beautiful here in Green Bay, Wisconsin. So this summer has been just humid, humid, humid. But this last couple days, you walk outside, especially in the morning, and you know that feeling, that football feeling little chill in the air, crispness, just football weather. We are experiencing it right now, and I am loving it. It is low 70s, sunny, a beautiful weekend here. That sounds absolutely beautiful. And moving back east from the Dairyland state of Wisconsin to the east coast on the beach, Mark Eckel, Labor Day weekend, what are we looking like? Oh, it's great. Um, Friday must might have been the best day. It was, I mean, it couldn't have been any better. It was about 81 uh, no humidity, sun, like a, maybe a cloud in the sky. Uh, it was, it was, it was perfect. I, I love sep- September here because the hu- humidity goes away, and so do the tourists. Yeah, I know what that's all about. <laughs> in the Phoenix area here, that's like snowbird season ends. It's actually getting ready to kick in because summer's winding down now. So they're going to be, they're going to start coming in. I can tell when the traffic goes up and there's more Canadian license plates on the road and people <laughs> clogging up the freeways. Then we know it's snowbird season. But yeah, anytime the tourists go out or, or head out, you know, don't say anything. Shh. 
best kept secret, right, Mark? You get the beach. Yep. You get the beach to yourself. It's quiet. It's the locals. But, but this is Labor Day weekend, so it's it'll it'll like today. I'm sure t- I, there were people. I saw people checking in. All oh, it's going to be busy the next t- today and tomorrow and Monday. But then come come Tuesday, it'll be very good again. Yep. But from a, I mean, the weather's going to be good all weekend. But I mean, from a touristy standpoint, it'll be. I'm waiting until Tuesday. Got it. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, out here in the Phoenix yeah. area, it's uh, as you can imagine, it's still hot. It's going to be hot. Actually, we don't we don't actually start to cool off during the day until after Halloween. Ooh. So how, how hot? One hundred and two, one hundred and four. Okay. And I, I say that I say that as if you know I'm getting I'm catching a break because it's only one hundred and two, one hundred and four. <laughs> it's still it's still definitely very hot. But once again, we keep getting these random rain systems that come through that have really kept out the 110 plus days like we didn't have that crazy usually every summer there's like one or two days of 115 i remember one summer there was like 10 straight days 115 and above but it's kept that kind of at bay so it's it's been better it's been better this summer 102 104 dry heat all that kind of stuff it's still hot don't let anybody fool you into thinking that just because there's no humidity that it's any better but we did get our friend harry at harry ugly on twitter from Kamloops, Canada, who says that uh, Friday it was a high of 81 Fahrenheit, and uh, fall is approaching there. The lows are starting to get into the low 50s overnight. So they're having they're having uh, warm temperatures during the day. Temperatures getting a little bit lower at night. You're starting to see uh, Paul. You're wet, you're up north there, so the days are starting to shorten. You're probably noticing it's getting dark a little sooner, huh? It is. I, I, I hate that. You know, the winters here, especially once you get to February, they're long enough. The last thing I need is the sun to be down at 4.30 in the afternoon, Ooh, but yeah. it is. Yeah. Hey, um, Nick, we could ask this now to, to our listeners. Um, next Saturday, we're going to need a Jacksonville weather report because that's, that's right. where the game is going to be played. So if any of our listeners are in the Jacksonville area, you know, text one of us, or even, uh, not can say text. You know, tweet one of us, or you know how to get a hold of us. Let us know what the weather's going to be in Jacksonville next Sunday. Well, from what it looks like right now, sunny, eighty-four degrees for a high, seventy-three for the low. That's not that's not terrible, terrible. And they're reporting seventy-four. They have seventy-four percent humidity right now today. Mm, that's humid. There's some rain coming through Wednesday and Thursday. There's a 40% chance of thunderstorms coming through there, which would actually, you hope, kind of cool things off a little bit because it gets up into the low 90s. But if it's going to be 84, that's still hot to wear a football uniform and all that kind of stuff. But 84 is better than 91. The game is still going to be played at 4, four o'clock Eastern. Late, right? yep, late game, late afternoon. So it'll be cooler at 4, 4.25 than it would be at 1. Mm-hmm. And then and by I the would, second half, it'll be, you know, it'll, it'll cool down even more, I'm sure. And I would still take the heat, especially since Green Bay is at least coming off of, like I said, it's been humid here. I'm not saying it's Florida humid, but it's not like it's December and they're all of a sudden going to play in that type of heat. So I'd rather have that than have to go to the New Orleans Superdome or the Mercedes-Benz right. Dome. and Because yes. that's such a home field advantage for New Orleans, and that's a big Any break dome. for the Packers that they don't I have agree. to – play in that so yep. i think this is a big win for them oh absolutely and i and it's funny i i've seen some fans and i guess every team has a group of fans that are just a little little overboard i'll i'll be nice and say that you know like, oh they they should have played the game in green bay 
no. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, they, should, they should have. All seventeen no. games should, should, should be in Green Bay. Yeah, great, but no. I mean, be be happy that that team shouldn't be happy. What happened in New Orleans is terrible. Of course, that for, is for for the people there. But be grateful that you're having to play a team that that's losing a home game to play at a neutral site. You're not going to play it in Green Bay. They're not going to give you the home field. And people are like, well, they could give the Saints the money. It ain't about the money. It's about the Saints aren't going to Lambeau. You know, no, that's not going to happen. Be happy that it's just, you know, it's not in the in the in the dome. Right. And yeah. I, I, obviously I not. Well, I was gonna, I was just gonna say that the Packers. I, I say that every time they play in New Orleans, which is not that often. The last time they won a, a game there in a regular season or a playoff game where there was a full capacity crowd was 1995. They haven't won. They played some of their worst games there. They haven't won there since since '95. Just been it's been a long time. So the Packers have say what you will about the weather and all that other stuff and all the things that the the Saints apparently did to try to you know yeah. discourage Packers fans from traveling and to to make it difficult on the Packers. But if they're not playing in that dome, it's better than if they were. And again, I know what the Saints did, like, and, that, and that was kind of funny. I found that hilarious that they had their, a secretary or an office worker, you know, look up the toughest flights. For, for uh, out of Green Pen, don't all that did was get Packer fans a little more. I, I think some people are going now that weren't going to go. Right? Just to say like, <laughs> oh God, it's, it's that tough for me. I'm going to go. <laughs> you know, like, what do you think? What what percentage of, the, of that crowd? And, and we're looking too far ahead now, but I think there'll be more Packer fans there. I think so. Well, and I just speaking of vapid takes and things that have come out of New Orleans, there was also. A tweet from one of the media members there, I think it might be a radio guy or something like that, when Ian Rappaport tweeted on earlier this week about David Bakhtiari going on PUP, said could be could be an advantage for Marcus Davenport in week one, to which I, I thought was hilarious because if there's any team in the NFL, no team really is equipped to handle the loss of an all-pro left tackle because if you had two all-pro left tackles, you, you wouldn't have two all-pro left tackles. So, but the Packers do. <laughs> and so that was, it's just, it's just interesting. Like they, the, the Saints clearly don't understand Packers fans and how well they travel. And you, you could put a hurricane and, and, you know, hurricane Ditka and all that stuff, you know, crazy stuff in front of them. They'll find a way to get to a Packers game. This is one of the best traveled fan bases in all the sports. And then they're talking about how Elton Jenkins could be an advantage for Marcus Davenport in week one. I just, I, I it, the hits just keep rolling in from New Orleans this week. Well, here's my thing about the, the travel and all that. And you guys would probably know better than me, Paul, especially since you, you, you live in Green Bay. Like, I know Eagle fans travel, and they travel well. But they travel. I mean, they travel. When, when One year when the Eagles played the Dolphins, I forget what year it was, there was no there was more Eagle fans in that stadium than, than, than Dolphins. It, it got crazy. I mean, you thought you were in back in Philly with, with, with the crowd noise. Like when the Eagles scored or made a good play, it was like, it was crazy. Um, but all those people came from Philadelphia. They got, you know, they flew out, you know, they made a weekend out of it. They're going to Miami in the, in the middle of November, whatever the game was. I don't, I mean, I know Green Bay fans do travel, but I think there's Green Sea, there's Eagle fans are in Philadelphia and in New South Jersey and Delaware. They're not in Florida. They're, they're not all around the country. Packer fans are everywhere. I'm down here in South Carolina, and I meet a I meet a different Packer fan every week somewhere. I mean, I've, I've probably in the four years I've been here, I've, I've probably met 
I'm, I'm, I think it's approaching a hundred Packer fans through the, through going, you know, being at a, being at a bar watching a game or just being out wearing a Packer hat or something. At least, I mean, and that's not, and that's just in my little North Myrtle Beach area. Um, so you know, there's a lot of Packer fans in, like, there's Packer bars in almost every city I've been to. There's not Eagle Bar, like, there's no Eagle bars down down here. There's no Seahawk bars down down here. But there's a Packer, like, where Packer fans go to watch a game and stuff. So I think when Packer fans take over a stadium or, um, you know, or in that, you know, you can hear them. All of them didn't come from Green Bay or from Wisconsin. I think a lot of them live in the city where the game's being played. I think so. I think that a lot of the Packer fans that are going to be in Jacksonville next week are going to be guys, you know, guys that live in maybe not necessarily Jacksonville, but you know, half hour away, an hour away, whatever, and are just going to. Oh, this is great! I'm going to drive to the game. Now, am I off thinking that or no? No, I think I've told the story. I think I've told the story about. When I was at the Chargers game back in 2011, it got so loud that Philip Rivers had to switch to a silent count. And then I was also at, I think I mentioned I, when I was traveling, I was in like Vieques, Puerto Rico, which is this tiny little island off of Puerto Rico at the airport. And there was a little Packers bar there, like at this tiniest nook. I mean, it's like the size of your of your you know dining area, you know, unless any of you have a huge dining room. But it was, that it was how small the airport was, and there was a Packers bar there. Speaking of which, so Mark, I know it's not like right around the corner, but so the game moving over to Jacksonville wasn't enough to tempt you to go down and uh, and get in the stands, huh? It's, it, I still got a couple of days to think about it. Right? Okay, all right. <laughs> it's not. I, I, I've been thinking about it. Let's yeah. See. So if you know, I mean, Mark might might have to sit next week's show off if he's on the road already, heading down to Jacksonville to go to the game, no, and, I, and we'll definitely know if you come back with that uh, with the sunglasses tan after sitting at the game for three hours. Well, I'm, I'm, just, I'm not, I can't get much tanner than I am. To be honest with you, but, <laughs> yeah. um, the problem would be writing. As I'm, you know, I write right after the game for Packer Report, so that would be kind of tough if I'm sitting in stands. Oh, you get someone to cover for you. I might. Well, that we, we would have to take. Yeah, we would have to switch. I'd have to switch with somebody else or something. But we'll see. I mean, it's about. I believe it's five hours. Could be a little more. I'm not sure. Five and a half tops. That might be, yeah. That's so I mean, that's, yeah. It depends on the venue. Like for me, when they were in L.A., thank God I didn't go to the Chargers game a couple of years ago because that would have been the easy. That would have been the easy thing for me to do was just get in the car and drive. But uh, it's hard for me to trade in going to Green Bay because even even though it's in the colder months, it's it's not necessarily like a destination, but it's it is for me. And there's there's things about Wisconsin that I look forward to that are beyond the Packers game. There's like a whole routine that I have when I get in. I always go to Cops. Got to get myself that burger and a shake and. Does all kinds of stuff. I go visit some of my old neighborhoods and friends and stuff like that too. So it's an entire experience for me. It is truly a vacation. I'm actually looking forward to it. I'll be I'll be at opening weekend. Uh, I'll be there for the Packers Lions game. Paul, I hope I'll get a chance to see you at some point. I should be there. <laughs> okay. No, I'll, 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 if this was well, last year, no, obviously nobody went anywhere. So not last year. But if this was two years ago. I would t- I'd probably tell you there was a ninety percent chance I was going to Jacksonville because I was still single then. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's other other factors. Well, I'm, she wouldn't have a problem if, if I said I wanted to go. I'm sure of that, but I wouldn't take her because as we've already established, she's a Packer jinx. Right. Well, <laughs> you handled that. <laughs> you 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 handled it well. It's been it's it's worked okay the last couple seasons. I'm not going to hold the conference championship game against her. Wait in the car. <laughs> yeah. 
What's that? <laughs> I'm not going to hold the conference championship game against her. So you, you've handled it well. It's oh, it's worked out well, okay. No, I, I'm holding both. It's the combination. I told you, the Eagle game when she was out with her daughter, comes home, the scores something to three, right? Twenty-one three, whatever it was. And um, she said, "Oh, what's the score?" I said, "Oh, twenty-one three, blowing them out." Oh, good. And then the Eagle score. Oh, no big deal. Packers go three and out. The guy brings a punt back for a touchdown. I look at her. I say, you might want to go like somewhere else. You might want to go back. <laughs> to this ain't going so She leaves the room. Aaron Jones rips off an 80-yard touchdown run. I'm like, okay. <laughs> All right, we're back to normal here. And then the playoff game, like I said, she was watching it with me till I start cursing a lot. And she said, I don't want to hear you curse like this. So she left and asked me the Packers came back. <laughs> and almost won. So... Uh, you gotta, you know, this year we're gonna have to pick our spots. I think for her to watch games. Well, if you tell me that they're in the NFC Championship game and you're going to the game and you're bringing her with you, then we'll know that. No, the... no, no, no. See, I'm telling you right now, I wouldn't bring her to Jacksonville. <laughs> you, you wouldn't bring her to Jacksonville. You definitely wouldn't bring her to Green Bay, right? No, I mean, no, not to the game. She's not allowed to watch games. We, we, we've established that in, in the Echo household. She's and she doesn't. She's not. Listen. All right, let's let's just tell stories now. Right, that's what people want me to do. Yeah, oh, they love. We love your stories. When we first started dating, she made it clear to me that she doesn't follow sports, and I said that's fine. That's, I have no problem with that at all. And um, in my house, in my condo, I have a bunch of um, Packer stuff, the Bart Starr jersey that I've talked about, and the, you know, some Packer hats and whatever else, right? Um, so we've been dating. I don't know how long, and her daughter asks her. Oh, so, you know, who's Mark's favorite football team? She says, oh, I'm not sure. He covered the Eagles, but no, he, but he's not an Eagles fan. Oh, I'll have to ask him. And her daughter's like, you don't know? You've been going out for this long. You don't know who his favorite team is? I forget. She says, I'll, I'll have to ask him. So she asked me. And I'm like, you've been to my place a bunch of times. You never, you didn't see all that stuff I have? Oh, yeah. I said, you see them hats with the G on it? No, I, I think I told her Green, green I, I think I answered her question immediately, Green Bay. And I said, you didn't know that? You didn't see all this? I, I remember the jersey, but I'm not, I wasn't sure whose it was. And I said, well, what about all the hats and shirts and stuff with the, with the G on it? She's going to be mad at me for, for saying this, but I'll say, she goes, I thought that was Gatorade. She, she <laughs> oh, the man, jeez. She said, and it was yellow and green, like the Gatorade colors. I'm like, mm. so anyway, but, but uh, now I'm going to give her props. From that day, Till the day we got married, she's learned a whole lot about the Green Bay Packers. So she, she knows. She actually named we for for our wedding. We got one of those um, what do you call them, Roombas or whatever? You know, those vacuums that go around and clean them by themselves. You guys know what I'm talking about or no? Oh, you mean like the little? Yeah, I do. I do. Roomba, yeah, yeah, yeah Roomba. That's what they yep. call Roombas or sharks, whatever how we call them. Yep. Well, we got one, and you have to name it. She named it Lambo. There we go. So, so she's coming from, from the Gatorade to now she's naming the thing Lambo. She knows all about Aaron Rodgers. She knows a little history. She knows the Lombardi. She knows Lombardi in that in those years. So she's come a long way. But I can't let her watch him because she's a jinx. Right. All right, I'm done with them. But old, old story. Time. All right. Well, that's uh, listen. We could do, I, I, I fans out there t- send us your your fun jinx stories and. I like I like hearing that stuff. I like hearing those things. Like, what are the, what are the jinx things that uh, everybody else and the superstitions that everybody else has? We could do an entire show on stuff like that. Although I don't think Paul does a bunch of that stuff. But I, 
I nope. sometimes it depends. Like Rams game last year, for some reason, uh, when I was standing in the kitchen, I could see through this big, you know, wind, <laughs> open area into the living room, and they just were playing well when I was standing in that area. So I was like, well, at least if I get hungry or thirsty, I'm close to something I can I get something to eat. I didn't trap myself in like the corner of a room, not near anything good. But you know, just it it depends. It, it's it's a thing. It's a thing for sure. It's absolutely a thing. But. So, so let me ask both of you guys. Let me ask you now, because I trust both of your opinions. I told you what happened, then the, both the Eagle game. And that's only two games she watched at all this with me all, all year was the, last year's Eagle game and the championship game against Tampa Bay. And I told you what happened in both situations, right? Would you let her watch a game again? Probably not. Paul? Um, yeah. Paul would. You would. Yeah, Paul would. He's I'm, he's not into that. Uh, that's okay. well, no, I want to hear. That's fine. Okay, so I'm being I'm I'm overreacting. No, I think. I mean, I think I'm I I think I'm the unusual one in all of this by saying no, no because I don't, I mean, that... <laughs> as I just don't read into that stuff or think about it honestly. Well, the reality is she had nothing to do with them playing well, bad. Right. But I mean, I understand that. I understand that <laughs> they didn't know she was watching and got nervous or something. I mean. Um, but still, you know, <laughs> I, like I said, I'm going to try one more game for like the first half, and we'll see how it goes. And again, if it's been going bad, so I'm like, if they fall behind, set even three nothing, she's, she's out. Well, I would suggest maybe you do that week one so that we get it out of the way early. We know what's going on, and if, if even if they don't win week one, then it's like they've got 16 other opportunities to make up for it. Don't wait till like mid season when it's a critical game against the Vikings or something like well, that. No, no, no. It would never be a game like that. But, it, no, I'm, I'm thinking pick, like, yeah, like, the easiest game on the schedule. It's, it's You know what I'm saying? Like, whoever that is. The Bengals. The game. It, Although yeah, we'll, it's in Cincinnati and they don't win there either. So I, I, don't know, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to make of all of it. We'll pick one. Last time they were in Cincinnati, why don't we just go down memory lane and tell everybody about all the worst memories we have of the Packers no. and see how many listeners we get on the show. The last time they were in Cincinnati was 2013. That was when Rodgers and McCarthy apparently got into it on the sideline. The Packers had a big lead, and then they blew it in the end of the game. Jonathan Franklin fumbled at the end of the game. The, the Bengals got the ball, and, and the Packers had just, just one. It was just one, a dumb loss. It was just one of those dumb, dumb games they should have never lost in the first place. But they did. I think because I think the last time, gosh, the, I mean, I talked about the Saints. The last time the Packers won at a, at a packed Saints stadium was 95 in the Dome. I think the last time they won in, in Cincinnati was in like the late 90s. I think Carl Pickens was still playing at that time. I don't know. I've got weird Packer brain. I remember weird stuff. There's important information that's not in my brain because stuff like that is sitting in there. It is there. taking its place, right? Yeah, it's taking its place. So, hey, what do you guys, what do you say we talk a little bit about, about uh, well, let's talk about that. So the game moving to Jacksonville, I mean, in all seriousness, with all of the the talk about it, uh, you know, as far as the Packers and and their ability, I just say, look, the, the, it's in a it's in a nice weather destination. The Packers have won games in Miami before. They've won games in Jacksonville. They won the last time they played in Jacksonville. They played an opening game in Jacksonville. It was really hot, and they played well, and they won that game. So, I mean, is anybody actually concerned about the the weather factor? Because for me, it's still. The matchup. It's still about the matchup. I mean, you know, Mark, we'll start with you. I mean, Jameis, Jameis Winston's going to start a quarterback, so it's mm-hmm. it, it's not going to be <laughs> just completely blank. Taysom Hill. Uh, we obviously know Winston hasn't done a whole lot. He's on his, you know, what different team. He's, you know, third different team in the NFL since he, he came into the league. So, I mean, are, are you how are you feeling about this week one matchup? I know we still have another week to go, but how, how are you feeling so far? 
I mean, it, it's, it's not going to be easy. The Saints are, I mean, they're going through a change, obviously, with Drew Brees gone for the first time in whatever many years. Um, you know, Winston's, listen, there's good Winston and there's bad Winston. I mean, when he's good, I mean, and it could be in, in the same game. He could throw three touchdowns and three picks in the same game. He's done stuff like that. Um, Sean Payton's, you know, pretty good coach. Alvin, Alvin Kamara scares me. I mean, they're going to use him in a lot of different ways. Um, and again, I, I like the fact that it's going to be outside instead of in, in their little dome. And, um, and I saw a stat where he said Rogers, Aaron Rodgers is uh, three and four in Florida. Right. So somebody had that stat that he's three and four in games in Florida. I think Jameis Winston's probably worse than that. Yeah. The, the, the correct way to say that stat is that the Green Bay Packers are three and four in the state right. of Florida when Aaron Rodgers is under center. Right. <laughs> I'm I'm struggling if I'm I guess I'm struggling to figure out which oh that's true. They've lost they lost to Jacksonville and they lost to Tampa twice, but I can't figure out I don't remember what the fourth game was that they lost. It might have been earlier in his career or something Miami, like that, but whatever. Miami beat him one time. Uh, they might have. I don't. I don't. The Packers went a long. The Packers and, went a long time without ever beating Miami. Yeah. Well, the last time they last time they played in Miami, it was awesome. That was the fake spike game, and uh, Devontae was. Yep. I think that was his rookie season. I mean, Devontae flashed some some serious brilliance in in that season at times. I was at the Patriots game when he lit up the Patriots and kind of had his big coming out game, and they ended up beating the Patriots in that in that one. I I'm not I'm not too concerned. It still counts as a road game. The Packers avoid. A really tough, hostile crowd. The only people that's going to matter to are Bears fans and Vikings fans that want to find any reason to complain about the Packers getting some sort of an advantage. But they still have to travel. They still have to play the game. And as far as the the, I mean, Paul, I yeah, guess I, I should. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm looking this up here. Um, the Dolphins actually beat the Packers in 2010. That was in Lambeau. Oh, I'm sorry. That was in Lambeau. I'm sorry. You're right. That was a stupid overtime loss at Lambeau Field. Brandon Marshall probably caught 13 balls. Because the Packers had no answer for him. That was the hallmark of Mike McCarthy's teams was the obvious stupid things would beat you, but they would absolutely shut everything else down. I think that's that's wrong because Miami hasn't beaten Green Bay in Miami since two thousand. Mm-hmm. Been a long time. Two thousand. What's that? It's been a long time. I mean, I think that win in two thousand ten since two thousand, and that's twenty year twenty one years ago. I think that twenty ten wins the, is the only one the Dolphins have. The Packers have won the last. Three, three out of four, two out of three, I guess, yeah. And then, let's see, in Jacksonville. They lost in 08, they lost in 2008 in Jacksonville, and then they won in in 2016, the opener. 2016, yep. That's the only, and then prior to that, they won in 2001 and in 95. So they're four and one all all time, the Packers are four and one all time in in Jacksonville. Yep. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Who knows? Again, it, stuff like that is nice little notes and stats we throw out there, but it's different players, different teams, different coaches, different everything. You know what? Three of those losses did come to Tampa 2008, 2009, and uh, last year. Okay, right. Well, Tampa's nowhere near. Tampa. And 2009 was awful because they. Well, Tampa hadn't won, a, hadn't won a game in 09. They were 0-7, and Josh Freeman led them to a victory in um, 2009 against Rodgers. That was one That was one of the one of the few times he threw a pick six. Two of his three, I think he's thrown four in his career, maybe three, and two of them have gone, come against the Bucks in Tampa. I don't know what it is about the sunshine or, or any of that, but 
you know. It could be that Tampa just has good defense. That could be. Or they they have a good defense when the Packers play them. They wait for wait for every four years that they're you know or however many years it is when the Packers are going to be in Tampa and then they just they load up and stock up. So, but this is you know to get to that point too. You talked about Tampa and how tough it is to repeat. And New Orleans, even though they're in transition, it's just one of those teams you'd rather beat than have to go play there later in the season. Although I don't know how good the prospects are for the Saints making the playoffs this season with the transition that they're going through. And Michael Thomas is is uh, what's what's the situation with Michael Thomas? He's out six weeks, right? Yeah, so he won't play in that game. That's that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough for them for sure. And I know that our I know that our previous shows. I mean, it's it's Saturday already, and so we're a week away from the regular season starting. But the as far as the roster itself, I mean, I think every team on on here that that does a show probably has their own unique take on some of the roster moves. And we were talking a little bit before we started to record. So, Paul, as far as the roster, not too many surprises, I guess. Tell us how you ended up doing in, in terms of your predictions versus what happened. I think you fared pretty well. And what was your biggest surprise with the final roster? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, I think I didn't go and add it up. I think I got like 47 or so out of the 53, 48. I got five or six wrong. Um, I mean, I think everyone's biggest surprise was Jake Hansen making this roster. (laughs) He, I mean, talk about flying under the radar. There weren't, you know, I follow pretty closely what goes on at practice. There weren't, the reporters weren't talking about him. In coaches' interviews, the his name rarely came up and honestly off the top of my head I can't think of a time that it did so I'm saying rarely just to you know give myself a buffer and say that it did come up at some point but I have no recollection of it Um, as we were talking about before the show started a lot of times in practice and even in the preseason games when the second and third string offenses were on the field it was Lucas Patrick and John Runyon at center there was no indication whatsoever that this job was going to, or that Jake Hansen was going to be on the final roster. And I think the lasting memory that many of us have is uh, that Buffalo game, the low snap to Jordan Love that ended with him on the ground, took a sack, and then they're in the red zone and Love's sitting there just desperately clapping for the ball as the play clock's winding down and Hansen has no idea and a delay of game ensues. So, I mean, that one just 
completely, completely came out of nowhere. I mean, looking at his numbers, he only gave up one pressure this preseason. And I know the pro football focus grades, they're not the be-all, end-all by any means. But I'm just trying to look for anything here. And pass blocking, run blocking, overall, he was one of the better performing Green Bay Packers offensive linemen. So, like I said, that's not doesn't... You know, it's not to be all end all, but I'm trying to find something to look at as to what the reasoning was. And obviously they know way more than us. That's goes without say, but I think this is just another prime example of how little us on the outside know of what's actually going on inside those walls. I agree. Jake Hansen was mine as well. And I admitted, and I talked about it on quick slants and I said, look, I understand as far as I'm concerned, Jake Hansen's the 53rd guy on the roster. And that includes the long snapper and the, you know, the new punter and, you know, insert whatever very obvious rookie role player that's not going to play on offense or defense. Jake Hansen is the 53rd guy. And the thing that got me about it was not so much the offensive line player, the grades or anything like that. It's obviously the eye test. And of course, we're going to remember some of the more significant plays that stand out, but it's not, it's not special teams, but Mark, you've talked about this team just getting bit by something stupid. And that's my concern is is that, you know, the the mental gaff that he had there is just it's not something that the the Packers can afford because they're going to play well this season, they have the talent, but is it going to be something really dumb that Well, is, he's not going to play. Well, no, he's not going to play, but it's just it's it's just that mentality where it's like, do you, you know, like what the, how could that not have been enough to want to you know Well, you can't cut a guy for one play. I mean, I again, I'm not I wasn't at any practices. I'm not there. Um, I don't know what went on, but I, I will say this, and I'm not going to bring pro football focus is what it is, and they graded them well, I guess. Um, Larry McCarron, the Packers uh, radio guy, who knows a little bit about center because he played it in the league for a long time, yep. apparently praised, you know, after those plays, I didn't hear this, but a, a friend did and, and, and told me about it. After those two bad plays by Hanson, McCarron said, oh, you know, it's really a shame because he's had a very good camp and has played very well. I hope these, and like saying, like, I hope these, these two back to back plays or whatever it was, um, don't cost him a job. So, interesting. That's I, didn't know from that. the Karen. I mean, he's, you mm-hmm. know, I'll, I'll trust him when it comes to yeah, very tuned in. general and especially center. Um, but I was, I was shocked. But I mean, if you're right, Jason, and I think you are, that he's the 53rd guy, that in, in six weeks when, when David Bakhtiari's healthy and, ready to come off the PUP list, um, I guess he would be the guy that goes back, goes down to the practice squad then, right? Here, I, I got a question for each of you since we're talking about if Hanson has to be removed. What are you guys doing with Jay Sternberger? What do you think the Green Bay Packers do? That's a tough one. <laughs> I, well, here's what I think. If if all goes if, – if it's after two games, right? Yep. If nobody gets hurt in the in the two games against the um, Saints and Lions, they may let him go. That's where I'm leaning to. And all summer, I was, I didn't, I I thought he would be on this roster once that's up. But now, I'm very, I'm, I'm my my thought on it has definitely changed. So you guys don't think they would take? And I'm just playing advocate advocate here because it wouldn't necessarily surprise me. But you, do you think? That because did uh, Dominique Daphne make it or was he cut? Yes, no, he made. It. So mm-hmm. over over Daphne, who's been a good special teams contributor, yes. mm-hmm. still, huh? 
Yeah, no, yeah. Cassie's ahead of him. He's ahead of him last year when he dressed for the playoff game and Sternberger didn't. The thing that did it for me was Justin Outen, the tight ends coach. I yep. mean, after that Texans game, uh, Sternberger, he had the big catch up the seam from Love that ended, you know, the play or the drive ended up scoring a touchdown. Outen was asked about that and he immediately went to he needs to be more consistent. And the real, you know, dagger, I guess to say, is that he mentioned that Sternberger needed to get a better grasp of the playbook. I mean, he's in year three now. That's, those are some, you know, that's some damning words. So once I read that, that quote from Houghton, um, that was kind of where my tune on this started to change. Now, what was bit. that? What was that written on, Paul? What was that that you were reading off of? The what? The, the tea quote from the, just the tea leaves. The tea leaves. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> reading the. That's my bad. Further than that. Um, <laughs> I, I did a series of stories for Packer Report during the off season, like right after the season actually, and uh, I talked to a to a scout, a, a pro scout, who and I'm, I'm I don't want to give away name. I'm certainly not going to name him, but he knows the Packers. I'll, I'll say that. And um, I went p- position by position with him. And when we got to tight end, he raved about Tanya and said, you know, wow, the guy had a, you know, who saw that coming? And he, and, he, and he even said, you know, the Packers didn't see it coming, or they wouldn't have spent you know, third, two third-round picks on tight ends if they knew what they had in Tanya. And he said he, he liked the, the Guara. You know, it's a shame that he got hurt because he really thinks he can be a good player. Um, we got to Sternberger, and he said, major disappointment. He said, um, you know, and I'm paraphrasing now, but he said, you know, and I, I, I know I'm pretty sure he talks to people there that say, you know, they're, they're just, they're not happy with them. Um he may, he basically was telling me he's you know don't he's not going to be there next year, and then that was before the suspension and everything else. So um, we'll see. I mean, they they could have just cut him last week, right? They mm-hmm. this could be suspended. They could have. Can they get anything for him? I mean, I don't. I maybe they got something for Josh Jackson, so maybe. <laughs> and they got something for Kadar Holman, who then got cut. For for Sternberger, <laughs> you're probably. I mean, you top out at a sixth, I would think. Okay, so. Something, yeah, exactly. Or, or maybe you get a player that other teams, you know, you get a defensive back or a special, t- you know, that is good on special teams. We we all know how much NFL teams love, you know, high draft picks, regardless mm-hmm. of how they've performed or whether it's even their first team or even second team, sometimes third team, just because, you know, they think that they can be the one mm-hmm. to change to turn that player around. Now, the suspension isn't going to help them, you know. I mean, that's. That just doesn't help. Yeah, but if that and if it's it, it is curious why they didn't just cut him. Right. I feel like they're just for the possibility of an injury, like right, might as well, just, just in case. Right, because God forbid they cut him and then somebody picks him up, mm-hmm. and then you know Tanya gets hurt in game one and Deguara gets hurt in game two. Now you're Cause, down to the Because the only oh. other the only other tight end is Bronson Kafusi on practice squad. He's a converted defensive end. So he's, he's not ready for, you know, NFL action at the tight end position. And he's Lewis. I mean, he's more, he's more, he's going to be a block. Yeah. Yeah. That too. Yeah. I mean, I think they kept him on the practice squad because next year he'll be Mercedes Lewis. That's a good point. Assuming Lewis doesn't come back for another year. I mean, you know, who knows, but, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. It's going to be, and again, it's, it's funny. I, Two guys that when the Packers picked them, I was pretty excited was Josh Jackson 
and Hank Sternberger. And man, I was I was certainly wrong. Well, they were wrong too, but I but I was I was wrong about both of those guys. I thought they'd both be pretty good players. Well, last year Sternberger was, if I'm not mistaken, we talked about breakout players. I think all three of us, or at least all, two of the three of us, had Sternberger. Well, we all we all mentioned them, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, no one saw coming with Tunyon. No, I mean, you, I mean that just came out of nowhere. Thank goodness it did, because the Packers have just, you know, I mean, Jermichael Finley had injury issues, but they they have not just they have not found that dude, that tight end. And Mark, you and I remember, and, and Paul, I know you do to an extent, but you know we got spoiled back in the the late '90s for those couple of years when Keith Jackson and Chamorro were together because they were both great. It was like, man, they were, they were rich at tight end. Yep, I yeah, know those two were two of the best. Ever. Well, you covered Keith in Philly, right? Oh, yeah, I knew Keith very well. I was going to say... Oh, sorry. I like Keith a lot, actually. The thing that I was going to say in regards to Sternberger is, I mean, he has so little NFL experience, and he only had that one year of playing tight tight end at a high level in college. There's just so much untapped potential that I'd, you know, I'd hate to see him go because I still think it's early, but obviously, the again, they know so much more than what we do at this point. But it's just so early in his career, and I mean, you it would see, be tough to let him go. you're right. It would be, and I mean, maybe if the, if it does get to that point, I think it would be difficult because, like I just said, other NFL teams love those high draft picks. But if they could like get him to the practice squad, you know, kind of like they did with EQ, tough. they yeah. still have an opportunity to groom him. He can, uh, you know, who knows how the season plays out. He might end up on the active roster. We don't know, but in 2022 he'll have the potential or the opportunity again to show that hopefully he's taking a step forward. And I would just like to see Sternberger get that as well, but we'll see. I mean, you guys talk about how, you know, the big surprise was, was Hanson making the roster. And I, I agree hundred percent with both of that. A couple other things that, that surprised me were that none of the Packers cuts were picked up by anybody else. I was shocked by that. I thought, I thought a few would not just, I thought, I thought St. Brown would, I thought, uh, Braden Wood. Mm-hmm. I thought Paul's brother-in-law had a chance. <laughs> um, I, and then there's a couple others. I thought, um, who, who, who am I forgetting? Up oh, off? I thought, well, no, because no. he was on so unproven. Um, there's somebody else I'm thinking. Oh, I thought, and he still hasn't gotten picked up, although I saw C- Seattle brought him in. Come on, Martin. I thought somebody might at least... Mm-hmm. Give a look, right? I mean, not maybe because he was cut early enough that somebody could at least brought him into a camp and watch him play one preseason game. Well, Paul's brother-in-law was the one everybody was freaking out and worried about. I think. And he's, <laughs> I was I, one. Yeah, well, Paul was kind of worried too. But, Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I'm glad. I mean, that's great that he's back in the practice squad. I mean, for for the Packers, for him, it would have been great to get signed by a mm-hmm. team and make make you know NFL salary instead of practice squad salary, but. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean the Packers got. I mean, the, I don't like to talk about about the practice squad, but they got everybody they wanted on their on their practice squad. Mm-hmm. The, the big one, I, I agree with EQ as well. But I can't believe Ben Braden. Like at one point this summer, he was competing for a starting. Yeah, he was with the ones. Job. Yeah, exactly. And I thought I was surprised that he was cut because you know I guess we should have read into it more when Matt Lafleur said that he was no longer competing for the guard role. We should have had that little, you know, buzzer going off in our head saying the odds of him getting cut have probably, you know, increased greatly because he's not competing for that starting job anymore. 
But just his versatility, it, it wasn't flawless by any means, but I thought he held up decently well at right tackle during those two preseason games. So I was I was surprised to see that he was let go. He seems like a younger, not, of course, not Elton Jenkins level, but Swiss Army knife, like the type of alignment that you you want to have. But that, it, just, it just makes me wonder how these teams are so good at figuring out who they – want to keep on the practice squad and who they want to stash and and just feeling like they know that other teams aren't going to pick them up. I don't know if it's because they feel like, hey, if somebody wanted this guy, they might have called and picked up the phone or if there's more conversations between GMs than we think. I don't know. It's it's intriguing to me, but I'm just glad that the Packers got back on the practice squad. I think most everybody who they wanted, I did have higher hopes. I think I bought into the hype with Gaines and Uphoff, and, but the safety position started getting crowded because even though they well, you know, with with the whole Vernon Scott and the fact that we knew he probably might not play a whole bunch. Henry Black played a lot. He actually played pretty well during the preseason. I know it wasn't against top flight competition, but safety all of a sudden became a really competitive position at a at a spot where you know they could have used some depth, but they've definitely found it. Yeah, but they only kept four, which surprised me. I thought one of the two kids was was going to make it. Yeah, games were. Mm-hmm. I was surprised that they cut both of them. Especially after putting Redmond on IR, I mean, four safeties is kind of fitting there, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially with, I mean, Vernon Scott still isn't back at practice yet. I mean, obviously they have the opportunity to um, bring gains up if they need, but that's still that's still very thin. And I think, yeah. like with anything, it, it came down to special teams. I know I mentioned, I think it was before we started recording. But I think the big reason that Gaines and Ento were left off is because they both led the team in missed tackles. And for the sixth cornerback, the fifth safety, you're going to be on special teams where you need to bring that tackling ability. And, uh, I mean, up off, he flashed on special teams as well, but he didn't even make the practice squad. So, obviously, kind of like with Hanson, there's something there that a majority of us missed from what the Packers were thinking. And they took that special teams player, which we thought up or Gaines would be, we thought Ento would be, and they went with five linebackers. They went with five edge rushers. I mean, Chauncey Rivers, he had like uh, 30 special team snaps, was I think was top five on the team or something like that. So just went with another direction in terms of contributors. At least that's how I see it. Yeah, Rivers is here for special teams. Um, the, the guy they got from the Giants, his name I always escapes me. What's his, who's the guy? Yadam, Isaac Yadam. Yadam, yeah. I mean, he's definitely here for special teams. Mm-hmm. He, can't, he can't cover you, Jason. Um, <laughs> Jason is really fast. He can't. He that uh, he. <laughs> I mean, he's that. You know, my biggest worry, other than special teams, which I'm always worried about, is the top four corners. I like. I like all four. I'm a little worried. If, if, but you know, and hopefully that's all you really need. But if one of them gets hurt, oh, the rookie ain't ready. No, Shamar Jean Charles. No, yeah, he oh, got picked ready. on. They're not ready to play this at this level. Look, you, you, you kind of thought he wouldn't be, but he was fifth round rookie, right? Yeah, he's not, you know, but he's not ready. And the guy from the Yetum, he he can't mm-hmm. he can't cover. There's, there's a reason he's with his third team. Um, he just can't cover people. I mean, he's got like I guess who said it. They 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 traded Josh Jackson for Josh Jackson. <laughs> Except this guy's probably better on special teams than Josh Jackson. Isn't he a little faster? Yeah, not by much. Yeah, probably, though. probably, but he still can't cover. If at the end of the season you told me, you know, this cornerback unit ended up being pretty darn good, I'd say, I believe you. If at the end of the season you told me this cornerback unit, minus Jair, of course, they struggled, I'd, I'd say, you know what, I believe you. Because we've seen Kevin King when he's healthy, the 
you know, what he can do, what he's capable of. We know the player that he is. Uh, Eric Stokes, rookie, if he can keep ascending like he was typically doing throughout these training camp practices, he's going to take his lumps regardless. But if he can continue on that upward trajectory, again, another another solid player. Jandon Sullivan, last year, I know he's not a rookie last year, but that was his first full year of experience. The hope is that he takes a step forward this year, now entering his second year of you know, extensive playing time. But if the injuries strike King, if Sullivan doesn't take that step forward, if Stokes has more lows than highs as a rookie, you know, then we end up on that other end of the spectrum that I mentioned where it's kind of like, yeah, they struggled. Yeah. That's, that's a sobering point that you make. Paul. <laughs> uh, no, I'm saying, I mean, that's, you're right. Um, that's why I was, I thought they'd make a move for another corner. Somewhere like an experienced guy that was maybe available Mm-hmm. Whether trade or somebody that got cut, um, just because, like I said, I'm I'm not I'm not confident in number five and number six going into play at all. Um, no. Like I said, I, I like the top four. Though. I do. I, I think King would help me, and I think a King Stokes combination. I don't know how they're going to break the snaps up. I think they're both going to play. Um, so I think I, I don't mind that at all. I think I think they'll be they'll be okay and. Sullivan as a fourth corner, that's pretty good. I don't think many teams have a better fourth corner than 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 him. But again, injuries happen, especially with Kevin King. I mean, the guy's only he, he never played a full season. Um, now the, the the flip side that also is, if we if we're were to believe what we hear and and see, Savage could play a lot of slot. Yep, that's true too. So that's he's going to be almost a hybrid corner. Mm-hmm at times, uh, which again is, I'm surprised that it's why I'm surprised they didn't keep another safety mm-hmm. uh, for that reason. Um, they, I guess they went heavy at linebacker. Like I said, but they, they kept how many outside five, five edge, five yeah. inside and five inside. So mm-hmm. they, that's, that's a, 10 linebackers is probably one more than normal. And they kept six defensive linemen. Uh, yeah, that's true too. Every, everybody thought Heflin was battling, uh, Lancaster, and they said, "No, we're keeping them both." So I'm, they went heavy. They they went heavy up front more, and we'll see. And again, like you, like we said before, they can always bring guys up. They can bring up a mm-hmm. a Gaines or an Ento, or and that's are they the only, are, are they the only two in the practice squad? Um, there's no, there's yeah, I think no, so. There's no other corner on the practice squad, right? I think you might be. No, right. there's not. Yeah, it's just those two. The one thing I'll say about the defensive line, and in my prediction, I didn't have them keeping both Lancaster and Heflin, but now that it's passed, you have time to reflect on the roster. I really like that move just because it adds more. It's another guy, a six body to add to that rotation. Hopefully, like we've talked about, gives you more flexibility with Clark, but also hopefully that just gives Clark the opportunity to maybe take an extra snap off or two during the game just to give him a little extra air. Because Heflin and Lancaster, they're both primary, you know, run defenders. Um, and as they say, they, they do the dirty work. So I, I do like that combination. While, and I, I'm guilty of it, too, or stuck in the train of thought of, well, you can only have one or the other. Looking back on it, I do like the, how they went with both. Well, we were, again, basing it off the past, where they yep. generally kept five defensive line. And this year they decided to. You know, again, it's not written in stone how many you have to keep at each position. You just keep your best fifty-three. Mm-hmm. 
So you try to keep your best 53. So uh, let, okay. I got to take a little credit for the new punter, don't I? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I think we should. I think we should end on that note there for sure. Yeah, Mark, you listen. All kidding aside, the numbers and analysis you pulled last week was very, very helpful. And sure enough, a former, you know, Rams right, former Rams punter is now, and it's it's it, it builds well. He led the league for the Bills last year. Did you see the video of the coffin corner punt? No. Love those. Absolutely incredible. <laughs> Could never pull one off accurately in Madden on the Xbox, but those are absolutely fantastic uh, in in real life. Just absolutely amazing. It's it's Bohorquez, right? I'm pronouncing that correct? Is it? I, don't know. I hope so, I'm because that's how I pronounce it on Quick Slants. Nobody corrected me, so I guess that's... Well, I that's... well listen, it's not, J- it's, it's not J.K. Scott. J.K. Scott is... Looking for whatever it is that's going to be next for him and Mark. I think to start with you, we have to because it's it's kind of your your thing, and you were right about it. I think you're probably okay with that. Yeah, especially this guy. I mean, um, it, the, when when we talked last week, I, I went. I told you I went through all the teams that had two punters, and I said the Steelers and the Rams were the two teams I was looking the most closely at. The Steelers, uh, they cut their veteran Jordan Berry um, and went with their with their draft pick. The big guy, the two hundred and sixty-three pounder. Um, so I, I was, I was somewhat interested in Jordan Berry, but I, but I said depending on what the Rams do, mm-hmm. and the Rams talked Johnny Hecker into redoing his contract. Um, after taking a pay cut, basically, um, and then they and they cut the guy that the Packers. Well, they traded it. They didn't cut the Packers. Traded for him, which was a good move. I mean, they they gave up basically nothing. Right, they, right. You know, it's a 2023 pick. They gave up a, a six, but they got a seven back. And Gudikins alluded to being nervous about being able to get him on waivers oh, yeah. since Green Bay so far down. Right. I don't think he would have made it. No. Led, he led the league in punting last year. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm shocked that, you know, he, he was able to get to the Rams when, when, when Buffalo let him go. Mm-hmm. And Buffalo let him go because he was going to be, he would have been a restricted free agent. So they had to give him the two million dollar tender or whatever it was to, to keep him. So they, oh, okay. I guess, they didn't want to pay a punter over two million, so they didn't tender him. And then he gotcha. signed with the Rams, but and that was, you know, guys do weird things sometimes. Like why Rams have Johnny Hecker, who's been to like five Pro Bowls, right? Mm-hmm. Why would you sign there unless you thought Hecker was going to, you know, you know? And here's something I wonder too: if Hecker doesn't, if Hecker, if Hecker says no. I'm not redoing my my deal. Cut me, and the Rams keep the kid and cut Hecker, Would the, or not? Or maybe they don't cut him. Would the Packers? Nah, no, there's no way the Packers would have traded for a guy making the money Hecker was making. But if, if, so if the Rams, the Rams cut Hecker, you think the Packers would have gone after him? Uh, they kicked the tires, knowing yeah, that they were looking know. for a punter and they didn't have a, really have a second one on the team. Or well, no, or I mean, going or looking at Barry, like you mentioned too, as a second option because yeah, he was cut by that point. Right, Barry was cut first. Yep. Um, I mean, Hecker was, you know, I don't know if they would have gone for Hecker. I mean, Hecker's great, and he, he's he's had a great, but he's he's punted in like he's never punted in, in a Green Bay kind of weather, Mm-mm. right? I mean, he's been in L.A. Uh, he was well, he did in the divisional playoffs last year. Obviously, wasn't very memorable. Was he? I don't remember that. Was he bad? No, he wasn't. I'm just saying he did. He did get. A, he did play at least. He did get one game at Lambeau in the winter. Yeah, that's true. 
That was a big thing that Goody brought up when asked about the the new punter was how well he did in Buffalo. In Buffalo. We know the Buffalo weather and the Green Bay weather. It's can get rough. Yeah, that's what, I, that's what we mentioned last last week that this this kid did it in bad weather. Same with the Pittsburgh guy. You know, Pittsburgh's not it's not Green Bay, but it's gets it gets nasty there as, when the winter when the winter comes in. And it's so, well known that with Scott's inconsistencies, a lot of those inconsistencies came up once we started hitting, you know, November, December, January. With KK Scott? Yeah. Well, he was, but he was bad in, in the preseason. He was hitting 20 yarders. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> I mean, God. 20 I mean, yarders are great if you're a field goal kicker, but not if you're a punter. No, yeah, no. I mean, not, not from where he was kicking it from. I mean, if, if you're punting from your own. You know, if, if you're trying to pin him deep and you put a 20 yarder, that, that's fine. But no, I mean, it, it was time for a change there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So the Packers get a new punter, and special teams hopefully are on the way up. And we're 11, 12 days away from the Packers opening the season against the New Orleans Saints in the beautiful city of Jacksonville, Florida. We don't know if Mark Eccles going to be there. I guess Why next week's show is going to will tell us everything we need to know. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm right now. It's it's probably less than fifty-fifty. I feel like I ignited a fire there by asking the question. So now, now I'm, I'm now I'm going to be checking in with you during the week and be like, "How you feeling? What are you thinking?" Every every other day, I'll be checking in. What are you, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? If they're playing in Carolina, I would say. Well, probably I would hope. I would hope so. Now that's still not that. I mean, that's still how how far is that drive? Three. That's yeah. still a, a healthy drive, but right, it's not around the corner. That one, I would I would expect you to make though. Yeah, probably would. And I know people in Charlotte. Right. So I, I, I would make it a whole, you know, kind of trip. But Well, we'll next see. weekend. So next weekend show, we're going to go back into our regular season mode as, as we have been in the years past. I know it might have changed in, in the past couple seasons, but we will be back every week, every Saturday. Our crew is going to be doing the injury report ahead of the upcoming Packers game, depending on what day of the week it is. If it's a Sunday game or a Monday night game, we'll be doing the, I assume we'll be doing the injury report, or maybe not. Actually, on a Monday night, or we would be doing something else, but... It'll be the injury report next week. It'll be for real. We'll see who's up, who's down for the big road game against the New Orleans team in Jacksonville, Florida. This is going to be a, this game's going to become a trivia question. So everyone remember that the Packers opened up against the Saints in Week One in Jacksonville in 2021 because of Hurricane Ida. So I guess we got to go around the horn here because you guys are still working as always like crazy, cutting out content and doing all of the. Great things you do. So, Mark, what's going on over Packer Report? Um, well, up there on, on the site, as we speak, I have my um, season predictions for the NFL, um, Super Bowl predictions, division predictions, MVP, Rookie of the Year, all that kind of stuff. So check that out. Um, next week, I'll be looking. I'm not sure what I'm doing early in the week. Probably something about the roster and, and the Packers and whatever, you know, what things like like some of the stuff we uh, talked about tonight. And then uh, later in the week, I'm going to look back at some of the most uh, memorable Packers season openers. Okay. Very, very good. And Paul Brennell over at Dairyland Express, Cheesehead TV. Uh, Cheesehead TV on Friday. I did basically just a brain dump where I bounced kind of what we did today. Just bounce from topic to topic, sharing thoughts, whether it's, Looking ahead to the regular season, the roster, takeaways from the preseason. I'm also uh, linking up with a writer from the Bears, Vikings, and Lions as a preview of our friends in the NFC North, uh, just asking each of them some questions to help give Packer fans an idea of how the offseason went for each of those teams, 
uh, expectations for this season, things like that. So the one with the Vikings is up over at Dairyland Express. And then my favorite superlatives. I got that up at Dairyland Express as well. Love those. Always, Those are still fun. They're fun to read and go through and, you know, who's who's what and, and see what the specific take is there. Quick Slants podcast. I'm going to be going live on Labor Day Monday for the next show. And I think that might be an ode to partially to you, Paul, and also to Jacob Westendorf, who, if you don't know, is celebrating a very special birthday. or celebrating a very special birthday yesterday on Friday. It uh, it had a zero in it. I won't tell you what the other number is. I'll let everyone else figure out what that's going to be. But make sure you wish Jacob a happy birthday and, you know, make sure that he's he's feeling okay and he's got his, you know, his sports creams and all that stuff there as he's going to need it as he moves <laughs> into his next big decade. But we used to do the season preview show around Labor Day. And so I'm going to go through the schedule, I think, and kind of pre-way too soon pick every single game and see how I think each of them are going to shake out. Obviously, a lot of things are going to change between now and the end of the season and such. But keep tradition alive. So I'm looking forward to doing that one and looking forward to talking some actual real football. Next time we record guys, we're only going to be one day away from the Packers kicking off the 2021 season. It's for real. We will see if the Packers make it down the road to the Super Bowl this season, as they have been so close these past couple seasons. So gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure having everybody along with us for the ride. Everybody enjoy your long Labor Day weekend. As I always say, stay safe and go Pack Go.
I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.